Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name's Michaela. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name is Michaela. I'm so glad that you're here. Today, we have Shiva with us. Shiva, I'm so excited to have you here. How are you today? Hariyom, welcome. I'm welcoming you to your own podcast. <laughs> Thank you for the welcome. Welcoming welcome. to your wisdom. And welcome to everyone who's listening to us today. I am wonderful. And how are you, Michaela? I am delighted and so happy to be here and to be here with you. So thank you. Thank you for having me here. Yes. Thank you. Thank you to the universe and to all the gurus for, for bringing both of us here, you know, together today. Uh, I know we've been trying to get together and, you know, talk for so long, but uh, finally, I think the stars all aligned. <laughs> So we could come and, and really, really, I'm so grateful to all the gurus. Before we start, can I request that we uh, start with a, with a short invocation? Of Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Oh. Tatparamparaya Vidmahe, Jnana Lingeshwaraya Dhimahe, Tanno Guru Prachotayat Om. Om Akhanda Mandala Karam, Vyaptam Yena Characharam, Tatpadam Darshitam Yena Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha, Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshwaraha, Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Om Ekadantam Mahakayam Tapta Kanchana Sannibham Lambodharam Visalaksham Vande Gangananayakam Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Thank you. Thank you, Shiva, for that beautiful introduction invocation i am very grateful yes that it's finally aligned um, thank you so tell us a little bit about you <laughs> um you know you know this is well i, I mean um this you you had sent me some questions beforehand itself right mm -hmm. so when i looked at this question and even as you're asking me this, it's a very simple question, no? Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. But is it really? How difficult is this question? And it really, really, really brought, I mean, I was thinking about it and I thought, wow, I don't know how to answer this. You know, or like, tell us, tell, tell a little bit about yourself, talk about yourself or Tell a little bit about yourself or, you know, essentially what it's, what it's asking is, you know, who are you? Right. So I thought, okay, maybe not difficult question. It's very profound question. It is so profound. And each of us should be asking us this, asking ourselves this every single day. And this is the meditation that, you know, we do. This is part of the sadhana. This is the sadhana. I realized that this question is the sadhana that I have been doing for, I, I don't know how long, I don't want to put a time to it, but, and, and that it keeps going on, right? And how many times have we received the answer to this also, which we have forgotten as well? It is, is very interesting because when I saw this first question, very simple and, and, and we see this a lot in a lot of like interviews and other podcasts also where uh, the interviewer will ask, uh, you know, oh, tell us a little bit about yourself or they will introduce and then say, you know, in your own words, describe yourself and stuff like that. And then 
there is all these uh, you know answers um but uh, to me it felt wow this is it really like it sort of hit me how the prof the profundity is that a word profound profoundness of <laughs> this uh, this question and uh, i was just repeating it to myself actually you know um i said oh tell me a bit a bit about you so i have to talk about myself who am i what is this and my son was you know in the background at that at that time and then i was just looking at him and i said and i said who am i and i wasn't really asking him you know i was just like talking to myself but looking at him right and then he just looks at me and you know it's in passing like he was just passing he was going to get his his toy he was building something and uh, and then he goes atma and then he and then he goes what ma it's atma and and then i was like oh my gosh yes i am just the soul that's it right it's so simple and then he and then he goes yeah such a simple question i am umachi i am atma i am everybody see i am nature i am the trees i and oh wow such a and you know he's seven so it it really like hit home there that it's really a very very simple question that we complicate <laughs> it is so so simple what a sweet answer oh my goodness it is amazing how you know it really it really brings me to like we should really listen to our children because they are such pure beings right so we should listen to our children and they are the ones schooling us not the other way around <laughs> i yes i think i talked about this with katie when we talked about the children's yoga podcast and children are they feel as though they're just a little a little closer to source we're all close to source right but they're a little less I guess occluded, right? They see a little bit clearer still than we do. It reminded me how, and it's not like I do. I didn't know this, right? We all know this. Um, it's that remembering to remember thing, you know, and how we just are in a state of forgetfulness so many times. So, and how we we complicate things for ourselves. uh just because we have i don't know sometimes sometimes it feels like just because of the exposure that we have to so many other uh so so many things so maybe it was that i had listened i have listened to many podcasts and many interviews maybe that is why i thought oh you know it should be this the answer should look like this the answer should be like this like this like this um and then when it came to my to i have to answer this then it's like oh how do i how do i answer this you know but then it's really very simple like tell me about yourself and who am i just source just a connection and a piece of source that connection and a piece of light so going you know then i thought about okay that's that's a very simple answer and it's actually a very wholesome answer too so it's purnam right purnam whole the whole so i am the whole purnamada purnamidam purnat purnam purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva avashishyate so i am the whole that is whole this is whole everything around me and within me is whole there is nothing that is separate from that whole so it's so it's very simple actually and only simple when we remember <laughs> so our whole sadhana our whole yoga practice that whole journey is all about this remembering right and everything just sort of comes to light and that clarity you were talking about that less occluded yes that clarity really shines through when we remember so it is really very 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 simple and that and many times we are the ones who complicate it so when when you 
also i want to also do i want to answer that question in the traditional sense as well <laughs> but i want to i wanted to lay the 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 lay out my thought process as well in 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 answering that because when we whenever we talk, think about okay you know uh, about myself we always attach it to our lived experience that's the place that we can come from right what are my experiences so a lot of times when we and this again we can we can generally across the board look uh, you know observe and note that hey whenever this question is asked the answer is usually a a chronological order of experiences you know i did this i did this i did this and it's always in the past right one can only tap into that right my experiences are in the past and i'm tapping into that and then so about yourself means it's very funny because one tries to define or explain about themselves based on what is behind me based on the past based on my experiences in the past so which in itself like feels a little mm because really who i am today right now at this moment is this the same person as who i was who this being or this body was in the past no even physically let's just look physically like physically my cells right now are totally different from what they were before right like we shed our we shed uh, skin cells all our cells change we what we know uh, you know science, science tells us that every 7 years you are your entire phys- physically you are, you have entirely changed right the only thing that is remaining the same is that sense of self right that atma the soul is what has remained the same you know that's the unchanging everything else is changing so it's funny when when we are trying to describe ourselves based on our past uh past embodiments or past uh, you know experiences at the same time we need to honor what those experiences have been so you know honoring my past self that's important because without those experiences you know when you say oh my experiences have shaped me right it it is indeed true right all all those experiences everything that we have gone through all our hardships our traumas and all the you know good uh the positive experiences and the not so fantastic experience everything whether it is positive or negative it's an experience right it has shaped our shaped us in a way and it's all been a journey so that journey has brought us and led us to at this moment you and i are speaking so to this this moment right now so i honor that because that has shaped me to this to where i am right now and it has also shaped me to a particular way uh to the point where uh with the grace of the divine i know that that shape needs to be broken as well so it is those experiences that shape one and then being able to have the wisdom to know that hey this shape needs to be broken as well so there is a particular system of shaping that happens and then that shape needs to be broken to merge so it's it's a full it's a full circle no it starts from the the formless the you know the nirguna niramaya right so to a form and then back into formlessness so this this journey itself is so beautiful and that is the yoga journey that journey is what we call yoga that was 
It's very beautifully put. Thank you. I, yes, we're in that state of forgetting. And it's when we remember that it becomes clear again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. The thing is, to, to be able to see the beauty in everything, that takes a certain, a certain level of practice. Yes. A certain level of, uh, um, you know, refinement within ourselves, which is messy to, re- to reach that certain level of refinement, right? So going back to, to answer your question, you know, so much time has passed, but uh, <laughs> I haven't answered the question, uh, but, but kind of have to. Um, I, well, I grew up uh, in, say, I was born in India, and uh, my family, uh, you know, I'm from, my, my roots, my ancestors, we are from uh, Palakkad which is uh, a little, you know, space in between Kerala, the state of Kerala and Tamil Nadu. So it's in South India. And uh, so that's where my my ancestors are from. My parents were born there. And uh, and then they were first generation uh, immigrants into Singapore. And so I was also born in India and uh, I grew up in, in Singapore, this yoga and this culture has always been a very, very integral part of my life because I grew up in it. So Ayurveda, uh, you know, Indian, Indian cooking, certain cultures like, you know, waking up and uh, waking up early before, before or with the sun, um, certain practice of mantras, shlokas, I woke up, I would wake up every day um, listening to chanting. My father would be doing his puja and chanting the rudram uh, while when I was waking up. So I woke up to that every single day. Right. So that that so that that was part of the the growing up part of the family. So um, part of the family structure, I would say, right? So my dad would be doing puja and whenever my mom uh, would do puja, you know, she would, there was, there were flower gardens, uh, you know, downstairs. We, we were living in an apartment. So there was like a garden downstairs and we would go pluck the flowers and make, a, make it into a flower garland and, you know, offer it uh, for the puja. So this is all very, it was like very normal. It wasn't something, it was just part of my life, right? Growing up, so it was just part of my life, and and this is very similar to many uh, Indian families, uh, you know. But my parents were, they wanted to stick stick to that, even though they were in a different country. Like we were the only ones in the whole apartments who were doing that because we were the only <laughs> Indians from India there, right? Um, but they they sort of you know cling on to your clung clung on to the roots and uh, wanted to, I don't know if they wanted to, or were, I don't know if they were intentionally wanting to instill certain things in their children. I think they were just practicing what they knew or what they knew to be, to be a good lifestyle. Or maybe they were just practicing what their parents did. Because whenever we went back to, to my grandfather's place, I would again wake up to puja and rudram and you know all these things that were happening in the puja room. So the first thing I would do, wake up, go straight to brush brush our teeth, no brush my teeth, and and then I would go straight and sit on my grandfather's lap while he was doing puja, you know, or help him with whatever he was doing uh, with the vigraham and everything, the decorations maybe. Uh, and uh, my grandmother would always be, you know, in the kitchen making the prasad for the puja. So these these are all things that I grew up with. Like, uh, you know, that, that was one side, one part of my life. Of course, the other part was what I mentioned earlier, which was all the social stuff, right? Um, and uh, 
so it was it was it was an interesting thing interesting upbringing and um, so yoga when you talk about yoga all these practices were already part of my life right and then we would do pranayama without knowing what it was we were doing asanas without knowing what it was so you know and and no one none of uh, the elders actually like told us okay you are doing balasana right now or <laughs> you are doing this particular uh, anulom vilom right now it wasn't like that it was just this is just part of our life we're just doing this kind of thing and we just did it and sometimes we were like oh, i don't feel like no i want to go play or you know <laughs> all my friends are downstairs i don't want to be sitting and you know chanting mantras um so in that way i <clears throat> i learned all the shlokas that i learned i i don't there was no books involved no uh it was just purely my mother would be chanting or my dad would be chanting or someone would be chanting and i don't even remember or maybe they would be playing it on a we are recording i i i don't even remember where but something something and i had memorized so many so many of these like shlokas they were just part of part of me right and so grow so we grew up no no normal went to school i did well i there was a you know i went through the rebellious phase <laughs> and all those things etc etc um and somewhere in my teens early teens uh i met my guru in person right physically uh, got to got to see him and again there was not any like uh, okay now we are going to train in yoga like i had no idea he what he was or i mean when i first met him there was a lot of angst and animosity towards him actually honestly i i was like i don't like that we're here i was just so angry and um <laughs> rebellious right teenager just like i know best like this is all you know hosh posh what are we doing um but uh he had started transmitting the teachings and wisdom of yoga from the moment uh he put it he laid his eyes on me you know it wasn't even me looking at him and that's and that that's the thing that's how that's how these gurus they 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 teach right ramakrishna paramahamsa he transferred his wisdom or transmitted his wisdom to vivekananda just by his toe touching touching vivekananda's thigh that's it and then vivekananda is just suddenly all like all knowing or thrown into bliss right i mean there are some uh some renditions that say that it was like he touched him with a stick or something like that anyway whatever it is it wasn't like a here's a book read this kind of thing right it was it was just transmitted and so the transmission happened from from that very moment and that transmission was mainly for the the cleansing that was the first step right the cleansing so first steps first always right so there was cleansing and then slowly now and i had no idea what was happening at that time either right so <laughs> so now i'm able to like recall and say all this uh oh this happened you know 20 years ago da 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 da, da like oh like more than 20 years ago actually so this 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 happened and oh wow that's what happened you know that's what this is what was happening or this was what was being guided etc so um it's it's very interesting how and that's how and that sort of started the i don't want to say started my yoga journey there because the journey had started way when i was born itself right and that's the case for all of us you know whenever we say oh how did you come to yoga or how did how did yoga come to you mm, i it's it's never it's like 
the answer whenever they say, oh, you know, I was in a very bad place and then I found yoga. That's when you remember it. When did it truly start, right? It starts like from birth and from before that. Because if, if you came to this awareness, just awareness, no, you don't even have to know the word yoga, right? If we came to an awareness at a point of time in our life, that itself is a fruit of the work that has been done in, the, in some previous lifetime or in the lifetimes before that. You have to have done some sort of sadhana in order to be become to, to even have this awareness because to come to a point of awareness that itself is a very long journey that has been that has been traveled so if i know of of god from whatever age it is then you know they'll always say that oh this is your purva janmat punyam that means the the accumulation of the good deeds of my previous birth. So what does that mean? Essentially, that there is this sadhana or this yoga journey. It's, it's not something that just starts, right? It's going on for lifetimes, right? When we become aware of it, that is, that is a different question altogether. You know, when we remember, that is a different, uh, you know, point. So this, uh, the, the awareness, you know, slowly started to, had, to, had started to take seed, you know, started to grow. The seed had been planted long ago, but uh, it's, you know, started to grow a little bit more shoots, a little bit more leaves. And uh, of course, I had to go through certain like karmas that I had to finish. But um, so a lot of experiences going through and then, you know, growing up, uh, then I got married and I came to the U.S. And that was really, it was only after I came here that I, this is funny, that I heard of the Yoga Sutras. I had no idea. I had not read the Yoga Sutras. I had grown up with it, but I had no idea what it was. All these scriptures, I had grown up with all of these things. I, I, could, I could chant it, but not knowing what it was, right? So when Kim came here, I was asked, oh, you know, the, oh, you, uh, you do yoga, like you do yoga. I, was, I had been teaching or instructing yoga, <laughs> but I had no idea what the yoga sutras were, right? And uh, I was like, oh, the yoga sutras are like, oh. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh. And that's where it had, that's where I read, oh, Ashtanga. I was like, oh. This is the source, is it? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so all these textual sources, they are very recent in my life. I did not know about all these things. But now, after that, when, you know, so, oh, have you studied the Yoga Sutras? I hadn't studied anything. But, you know, in the sense of like study, but was that wisdom there? Did I know, right? Have I, have I studied, like studying versus knowing are two different things, right? You can study to know, not that if you, if you study, you won't know. You can study to know, but it doesn't necessarily have to flow in that order, right? The basics have to be done. Yes. Ye that I that is really interesting for me to think about and I think that that's really beautiful honestly because it I don't know it kind of brings me back to this idea of like it doesn't necessarily matter you know it doesn't necessarily matter if you put a name to it you were experiencing it you were practicing it already and that's why even now whenever uh, so many yoga so many beautiful 
wonderful beings are going through this yoga teacher trainings and you know coming through mvp and there's this thing that comes up pops up and i've heard this a lot that oh i don't know the sanskrit uh names oh i i i don't know uh you know what it means i can't remember the i can't remember the the terminology and if someone asks me that i i always go back to it doesn't matter do you have to know the words in order to experience it you know do you have to have memorized the uh the sutras or yoga chitta vritti the first sutra is uh atha yoga anushasanam yoga chitta vritti nirodha tata drishta swarupe vasthanam so it goes on like that right so atha yoga anushasanam first one yoga chitta vritti nirodha so now do i need to know how to chant this number one do i need to even know yoga chitta vritti nirodha in sanskrit in order to know that when i practice yoga that something is happening to me when i'm in the true practice of yoga in its entirety not just yoga asana yoga in its entirety that there is some change that is happening to me that i am becoming calmer forget even the whole entirety just yoga asana just coming to a yoga class right a yoga asana class and practicing a few asanas don't we feel calmer already doesn't that being calmer doesn't that show to us that there is some cessation or uh, calming down of the thought waves that are happening now do i need to know yoga chitta vritti nirodha in order to experience that now the only thing i feel where um it's sort of lacking or or why this this um uh, uh doubt even creeps into uh, into people's minds is that they are not aware of that experience it's like oh i'm feeling calm and then and that awareness happens at that moment but then we forget right and then it goes back into oh no i don't know the 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 terminology <laughs> right so that it's it's that remembering once i keep remembering then it really doesn't matter how i have studied and this is nothing to and there's nothing wrong having said all of this there is really nothing wrong with with you know approaching the the books first and then you know taking from there listening studying it you know in the in the way i don't know you call it i don't want to call it traditional way because really traditionally that's not how it was done so um in the way that is uh, common now right so there's nothing wrong with that so there's so many million ways of of doing in the sanatana dharma tells us and shows us that there are so many ways of reaching the goal whatever your goal is there are so many so many ways of you know reaching god there's not just one way and that's why there are so many deities in the indian in the indian culture there's so many deities like which one do you want to do you want to focus on you like ganesha go ahead you like devi go for it you like shiva sure like take whoever you want do your sadhana based on that because ultimately there are so many paths so many so many ways and you can you do you right <laughs> you don't like to have a form you don't like to have a deity fine you want to pick a tree your favorite plant go for it right prakriti that's what it is you know god god is nature right so it's the same thing like what my son said earlier oh i am atma i am god i am nature i am the tree i it, it doesn't matter like what you want i am i am god right if you want to have in your altar a mirror that reflects yourself and you want to bow down to yourself that is the most beautiful it is the same as having an altar with a picture of buddha there It's the same. That's beautiful, and so in alignment with, you know, what we believe. 
Yes. It's the, see this when it when things come into alignment, that means it is the truth, right? It is the truth at that moment at least. So slowly, slowly when things come into alignment, where you know I, I like how you said it is what we believe, but really is it a belief, or is it the truth? It is something that we want to, like I like to to go into the and and what we're doing like what. This kind of thought process, it is really swadhyaya, right? I'm I'm really going into myself and going, hey, can I do? Does this have to look a certain way? That is a belief. That is that BS, right? That certain that an altar has to look a certain way. I mean, certain things were set up in, uh, you know, by the rishis and in the past when when they received wisdom, again, it was not all thought of. None of this was thought, right? None of the scriptures that we are having, uh, the Upanishads, all these, none of them were thought. They were all transmissions coming in from, 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 the, from source, right? So, uh, and then it, it, was, it was a love outpouring, right? Which, which, which we have access to now, which we are so... I mean, we are so blessed to have access to all this now, right? Um, and uh, so none of them were, were really, you know, thoughts. So they set up certain ways of doing things uh, because, again, there's always, there was always scientific proof for all those things. And um, because in certain processes, if, it, if, if done in a certain format, then energetically that would be the most uh, you know, effective or the most efficient way of doing that. So you can choose to follow that and see for yourself. Because at that moment, maybe that we are not ready for that. Or maybe that is just not um, the right thing for us at that moment, right? So really, really looking, ultimately all the scriptures, if you look at it, tells us that essentially look into yourself because everything you need is within you. That's what all the scriptures say. And, uh, and it is our lived experience too, right? Ultimately when you say you do you, don't we feel so good when someone says, you know, forget all this, just do you. Doesn't it make us feel good? Right? It's like, ah, oh, I can just sigh and oh, I don't have to like follow all these 101 things. I I can just sigh, like I can just breathe, relax, and be myself. You know, we don't give ourselves enough permission to, <laughs> to do that. But really, the yoga journey is all about that. There is there's nothing, there's nothing more, nothing less. It's, it's really so simple. I really appreciate how you put it in the, that, that way too. You know, it does feel awesome to be given that space to just, no, you don't have to change to fit anything. You're, you do uh, you. Yes, <laughs> really. You're, I mean, when, when, when you do you, right? That means you are coming into yourself. That means I am coming back to me. Isn't that what yoga stands for? The yoking, right? Yoga, the, the union, when say, oh, yoga means union. Etym etymologically, that, that's what it means, right? Yujya. So, so that, that union of what? You know, union of me to me. Why is there even a need for this yogic process? Because there is a separation. Somewhere along the line, there was some sort of separation, right? So when there is, when two things are separate, then that's when they need to come back together. The union needs to happen when there is a separation. If there is no separation, there is no, no need for this process even, right? So yoga is in, indeed just a process. So it is the journey. It is not anything else. So when we say you do you, that is the yogic process. 
But as nice and as beautiful as that sounds, it is important for us to be aware or know or accept uh, or come to terms with the fact that it's not all blissful. Right? That there is a step before that. We have to face all the messiness that is there, all the messiness that we have suppressed within. Sometimes suppressed it's to, to a point where we don't even know that it's there. And that is where the, the, the steps come in, you know? So, when again going back to that question, your first question, <laughs> talk about yourself. It was, you know, this entire journey has of multitudes of experiences have, you know, brought me, and I'll say it was the guiding hand of my guru who led me on this path. And I, yes, I have seen my guru in person. But really, it was not this physical person that did anything. It was initially, I needed that. I needed this physical person to show, to tell me physically from externally, I had to hear certain things, right? But after that, there have been times and even till today where there's been radio silence on the physical front. But the amount of guidance and the amount of wisdom that is coming through, you know, and not from that physical person, but rising from within. So this guru is not a physical person, it's this guru tattva, that philosophy, you know, we call it tattva. In English, it's like loosely translated to philosophy. But, uh, you know, call it what you want. I, I really don't care what, the, what, what you want to call it. But that, that, that guidance that, that stems from within, you know, that, uh, that is what has brought me here today. And, uh, and how I came to MVP, or how MVP came, how MVP blossomed through, through us, you know, how I met Michelle, all that is very, very beautiful stories, which I think uh, I'll save for another, another time when we talk. <laughs> I think that was a wonderful setup because, I mean, I'm, you know, but the listeners don't know that I do plan to have you back on to talk about several, several things because <laughs> you have a, such a beautiful and unique perspective that I don't feel like we, as Americans, as white people, didn't receive because you grew up with it. And you came to the practices first, the experiences first, and then started to name it, organize it in those, in, in the source, right? Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of something that I've heard Michelle say, which I'm sure she's come to through having conversation with you. Cause she talks about, you know, how important your friendship and your connection with her is that you don't have to prove anything that, to anyone that you know something specifically, right? I don't need to prove to my they're not even my students. I don't need to prove to the people who come to practice yoga at MVP that I know the yoga sutras. Yes. Yes. That's I, I taught for 10, how long was it? 10 years? 20, 15 years? 15 years. Or maybe more. I, I, I don't remember. I don't remember. But it was somewhere along those, that kind of line, timeline, where I was teaching yoga without knowing without even knowing the word yoga sutra. Like I didn't even know such a text existed, you know? But, but if you ask me, what is Ashtanga yoga? Yeah, okay, I can talk, I can tell you about it. But I had no idea that, uh, you know, the yoga sutras, oh, there's Patanjali Muni. I mean, I knew about Patanjali Muni because uh, certain, I mean, he's written a lot of, lot of shlokas and mantras have come through him, right? So I have, so I knew about those, like, so I knew of Patanjali Muni, but I had no idea that he had authored or, well, or that this particular text had come through him, that this was what I was practicing. 
until until I came to the US. So it was, I was like, oh, okay. So yes, absolutely. When Michelle says, you know, you don't have to prove to anyone anything. Absolutely. You don't ever have to, you don't even have to prove to yourself. Right? What, what is this proving? Like, what is that? May, I will always, uh, you know, ask someone, I want to prove, you know, this, this, this. So that gives them the drive, which is great. Like sometimes, sometimes the, the, they have to go through this process and the drive that you get from it is wonderful. So good. But after that, always one needs to reflect back and goes, okay, now the proving is done. Do I feel any, you know, any better? Like, do I feel, is there something that has some colossal change that has happened because I, because I have proven something? Are you any much more at peace? Are you any much more happier? You know, when I say happy, it's not because when you, when you achieve something, you, there'll be some sort of like, yay, you know, kind of uh, the, the hormones, you know, chemical reaction will happen, happen in, 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 in you and uh, you'll feel happy. But is that long lasting? Because once those hormones, the, the chemicals have, have gone through your system and then what, right? Are we at more at, at, are we in a more balanced state after that? Really, that's the question. So then after you prove to yourself that, oh, great, we did this, this wonderful thing was really hard and I did it, okay. And then it becomes like silence, like, oh. So now what, right? So it's in that gap that many, that where a lot of us are uncomfortable in. You know, once you've achieved something and then there's a gap. And when we don't know how to stay in that gap or how to be in that gap, that the mind starts to think or look for other things to, to work on or to, for the next thing to prove <laughs> to the next person. But really, where does that divinity lie? Where does that peace, where does yoga lie? It's in that gap, right? So a lot of times we, we um, it's misdirected. We, we think that, oh, it's all those things that are, is what causing the peace. But uh, really it's not. Beautiful. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it, like you said earlier, I mean, it's just, that wasn't really me. I don't feel like it's like the divine. It was the truth. It's what you said earlier about belief versus the truth. I think is going to stick with me a lot because I didn't even realize because I know these things, right. Or I try to know these things. I study them. And like you said, after applying them is when I noticed the calm. And so I know these things, but I don't even realize that what I'm saying is a little dissonant with that belief, right? That there's still that underlying BS that I haven't touched yet, haven't realized is there, but it's a beautiful piece of a way for me to connect with myself and do a little, a little study. Like what, what is that? Yes, exactly. Uh, and it's so nice that word swadhyaya. It, very English, it's translated as, as self study, right? Swadhyaya is self study. But swa, self, adhyaya. I like, I like, I like how that, that word can be broken down in, in so many different, uh, different ways. And the way I approach it is like, oh, this adhyaya, adhyayam uh, can mean chapters, right? So, like, uh, uh, or like this, this section, like sargas, like sections. So when I say swadhyaya, I'm studying, I'm studying myself, but it's really like chapters. It's not like I can just study once and done, be done with it. You know, there are layers and there are chapters within. So you got to keep going. 
you got to keep going, right? Like what you said, there's, there's some belief that's underlying in, and, and um, I mean, the listeners can't see what I physically saw, where your hands went like to your belly and said like under the belly, it's, it's right there. So there's still, it's, it's like deep within and you have to keep going in and keep, so that's a process. It's a whole process, right? And it never, it's not like, oh, I'm done today. I've studied, I've finished this book, I'm done kind of thing. No, you know, and we never know when it's going to come back. <laughs> I used to joke with my therapist, like, I'm frustrated that I know the things, but I still have to keep trying. And she was like, do you really want to live a life where you don't have to try? And I was like, no, but it's hard. It's hard because I know the things and the suffering is still here, but that's the practice, yeah. right? That's the always returning back to the practice. And after doing it, and the thing is that trying, you know, I, I like I like that question. And my answer to that would actually be a little different. Do you really want to live a life where you don't have to try? My answer would be yes. I'll tell you why. Because that trying, that effort that you put in, after a while, it becomes effortless. You know, Michelle, Michelle has mentioned this too. I, I, I don't know if she's, I'm sure she said it in, in her lecture somewhere, but she does so much work. I mean, you know this. She works so hard, right? There's so much of effort, but she's not attached to any of it. And if you ask her, are you doing anything? She'll go, no, it's not me. I'm not doing any work, but you know that she's doing so much work, right? So this trying, this trying where I'm, I'm really exerting myself, this exertion that comes with whatever we are doing, that doesn't necessarily have to be there. Because with the practice, that's what happens. When we've practiced it enough, then when we say, oh, we come back to the practice, come back to the practice. Once that sadhana is so deeply rooted in, in us that trying and that practice is not something that I have to exert effort into. And this brings me to this Thiram Sukhamasanam Sutra, right? Where it goes Thiram, which is that steadiness, that effort, so-called effort in quote-unquote, uh, and Sukham, which is that balance and that ease, right? In quote-unquote. But really, does it mean that I have to put in so much effort then and then it will become ease? Right? Is that what, what that sutra really is alluding to? It, the way I look at it is that this effort is not the exertion. It is the constant practice in ease that even that effort will become ease. That theorem will become sukham in any asanam, in not just physical postures, that in our entire life, any position that you are in, right? Asana means position, posture. So any position that you are in, and I'm not talking about physical position, like I'm in the position in my life, you know, we say it in English, no? I'm in the position of my life where I have to, uh, where I'm very, you know, frustrated all the time, or something like that, you know, you mention things like that. So in any position in our life, can the effort turn into ease? Where there is really no effort, doesn't mean that we're not doing anything. It just means that the flow is happening. We are in that state of flow all the time, consciously or unconsciously. You know, initially it has to be conscious, but after a while it just unconsciously even it happens subconsciously, unconsciously, that ease happens. So we are in a state of sukha all, always. Sukha, balance. Sukha in the sense of balance, not the sukha and dukha. Right? Sukha, those are the extremes. But here we are talking about that state of balance in between, not an extreme state. Right? So sometimes I feel that particular sutra gets, um, gets like sort of watered down that you know you have to like put in so much effort and get into the right 
posture that uh, afterwards, you know, your muscles will grow strong enough that it will feel easy to be in that posture. Uh, just a little bit more to that, more to this particular uh, sutra. Right. So when 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 you say, do you want to not ever try the practice that sadhana will take us there, and having that that shraddha, this is where shraddha comes in. Shraddha, that faith, right? That. I trust, I have faith in this process. I have faith in, in yoga, in this yogic journey. I have faith in my guru, my guru within. I'm not, I'm not talking about a physical person here again. I'm talking about that, that guidance, that light. I have faith in that. I have faith in that divinity. Shraddha, that this sadhana will take me to where I need to be. Thank you for that reframe. I appreciate it. And it sits very, it sits very well because you're right. I think that that was what I was looking for too. When I was talking with her about that, I think that's the guidance that I was looking for that, that nugget of wisdom that it feels like trying right now. And that Michelle example is beautiful because you're right. She's very unattached to all of it. And she doesn't, it's nothing to her that she works as hard as she works. And I think that's what I was looking for that. Yes, it feels like trying right now, but soon it'll just be. And why is it, why does it even feel like trying right now? You know, we want to bring ourselves to, to that point where in that moment when it's so difficult, I can, one, even, even a smidgen of, of awareness comes in there and goes, ah, that is, I, I'm, 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 why, why is it feel like I'm trying? There is some sort of an attachment here. There is this asmita happening here, right? There is yeah. that identification and that gripping that's happening here. Can I let it go just for this one second? And in that one second, that bliss that happens, like, ah, oh, you know, you just like a release. Your shoulders just ah oh, feel so so relaxed, and and maybe it happens only for a second, and then we go back to like oh the whole rat race thing that happens. Um, but even in that second, those those microseconds they will they will build up. Those microseconds add up, right? And then the the awareness is you know is prolonged for just a little while. It's in the gaps. You know, one of my teachers, uh, Dr. Dr. Vasantlad, he talks about how divinity and that beauty is in the gaps. So he has this, this, this meditation technique, um, this, I call it, he calls it meditation, just, just breathing technique, where we bring our awareness to the gap. And it's so beautiful because really, 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 that is where, uh, that's where the light shines through, right? It, it reminds me of, um, actually when he was talking about that, it reminded me of when I had, uh, you know, when I was just looking at trees before that, how the light shines through these, uh, the leaves uh, and, you know, forms the shadow, right? So there's leaves and then you have light that's shining through or even the clouds, when you have the sunlight shining through the clouds, that's when you see the rays. We're able to see the rays then. If you don't have clouds and the light and sun is just shining, you don't see rays. It's just bright, right? If you don't have the trees there through which the rays are, are coming through, you don't see the rays. You just, it's just bright and it's like uncomfortable even, right? So it is in those gaps that we are actually able to see and appreciate the light. So it's in these gaps. Why, why do we have all these like hardships and, and things that we go through? Because they enable us to see the gaps. Now, our job is to 
be more aware of these gaps and try to prolong our awareness within those gaps. Can we sit in the gap for as long as like for as long as can can the mind can you can we train our mind to remain calm and sit still in the gap before it jumps jumps around like a monkey you know monkey mind is what what they call it right like a monkey so can we train the monkey to sit in that gap for a for a little longer we're not talking about forever at the moment <laughs> we're talking about just one second okay how about two seconds uh, one second how about 1.1 seconds <laughs> Can we stay there for just a little longer? So that's where the sadhana is. That is the yogic journey. Stay in the gap. You know, be be yourself. Stay in the gap. I love that. That's beautiful. That's yes. We're approaching an hour, so I'm going to go ahead and have us have us end here for this episode. Shiva, obviously. I'm sure the listeners know this. I can't wait to have you back on and talk about all the things, everything, anything at all that you would like to talk about. (laughs) I could listen to you talk forever, Um, but it's been such an honor and a privilege to to be here with you. Um, I appreciate you so much for sharing this this time and space with me um, and and your wisdom. It's been- Thank you, Ma. Thank you, Ma. I really, really thank you for, for inviting me and- patiently listening to all the to everything <laughs> um but the one thing that i want to to say here is that nothing that has been said today here is new there is nothing that you or anybody listening to this doesn't know already there's no new information here. It's everything. If See, if you have understood anything that has been said, that means you already knew it. For us to be able to understand something, you have to be at a certain frequency to be able to understand something, right? That means you already knew it, right? So it's just remembering. Sometimes we have to hear it from certain sources, certain words, certain, uh, you know, certain connections that are made. But other than that, there is nothing that we, we don't know. There's nothing new that is said or will be said in the future episodes also. Nothing new. <laughs> but it is, it is a joy. It is a joy to, to just be here in your presence, to be connected to everyone, anyone listening. It doesn't have to be, because time and space, again, are just constructs. So regardless of whether anyone is hearing this tomorrow, next month, next year, decades from now, it is an honor to be connected to you. And... I can't, I'm looking forward to the, our future conversations as well. Thank you so much. Let us also conclude with a prayer. Oh. Om Sarvesham Swastir Bhavatu, Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu, Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu, Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu, Sarve Bhavantu Sukinaha, Sarve Santuniramayaha, Sarve Badrani Pashyantu, Ma Kaschit Dukkabhag Bhavet, Asatoma Sadgamaya, Tamasoma Jyotir Gamaya, Mrityodma Amritam Gamaya Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha 
ಶ್ರೀಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಶ್ರೀಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಸಮಸ್ತ ಅಪರಾಧ ಕ್ಷಮಸ್ವ ಸಮಸ್ತ ಅಪರಾಧ ಕ್ಷಮಸ್ವ ಸಮಸ್ತ ಅಪರಾಧ ಕ್ಷಮಸ್ವ ಹರಿ ಓಂ ತತ್ಸತ್